What is going on guys? This is obviously Jordan here, uh, back again on the Undergraduate Survival Guide and this is real weird man. This is, <laughs> this is weird. I think at long last I think I'm going to draw an end to what we're going to call season one of the Undergraduate Survival Guide and I think who better to see the season out than myself. I mean I've had a lot of interviewees on the, on the show before, a lot of guests, asked a lot of questions, had a lot of answers. But I've never, I guess, sat down and explained my own story, my own journey, my own uh, university experiences. And as I plan to continue growing uh, the podcast, continue putting out more episodes, talking to more people, I think now would be a great time to, to I guess, put my flag in the sand, you know, make a mark, uh, share my own experiences, answer the questions that I've been putting out <laughs> to everyone else. And then from here on out, we're going to have a proper um, well-defined structured show going into the future for the rest of this academic year and you know and beyond before going into I guess you know straight up answering the questions that I have prepared for everyone else I think oh you know now is as good a time as ever to you know I'll start by saying who I am why I started this and where we've come so far before of course going off into my question and experiences at university and then I'll wrap up by saying you know where we are right now where we're planning to go moving forward and what you can expect from the Undergraduate Survival Guide um, in the future. But uh, yeah, to get the ball rolling, uh, if you don't know by now, my name is Jordan. I'm a second year engineering mathematics student studying at, at the engineering <laughs> at the University of Bristol. Um, despite you know being, being my second year, I've actually been at uni for five years. I've had a very uh, tumultuous, uh, you know, crazy journey at uni. And that's fundamentally why I started the podcast. Me and my friends, we sat down, we talked a lot in the past. And I realized that the best way, you know, the best approach, I guess, to university is to have one, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, there are so many mistakes. Everyone's kind of going through trial and error, trial and error at university. And the best way to approach that is to have, you know, to take the best trials, I guess, if that makes any sense, to kind of know what you're doing and know what to avoid. And there are several pit stops that even affect you in terms of academic life but outside of university like I had issues even like uh trying to find a good barbershop or good places to eat and of course like some some advice won't necessarily apply to everyone but just by having um the, the right guidance or at least someone to ask questions is such a big thing at uni and the whole point of this podcast is fundamentally to as comprehensively as possible um put up what I like to you know I like to call university like a road and you're you're crossing this road when you, as you go through the four, three or four years at university. And this podcast is designed to be like traffic lights to help control, um, control your, 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 your passage. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. That's what we've got so far. This is obviously going to be episode 20. If you've been keeping up, um, we've had 19 incredible guests so far. Uh, and all of them have been my friends pretty much like people that I know. And I think that's why I'm planning to have that be season one. And then we'll go on from there because, I've literally been um, asking, because I, I know these guys, right? So I've been asking questions randomly. We do have a structure. Of course, I'm going to go through the questions I have prepared. And these questions, even though I've only really asked them a handful of times, that those are the 10 points that I try to extract from my guest each time. But if you've been listening to every single episode, you realize that um, we have different, different ways of doing that, depending on the person. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, because I know these guys, it's easier for me and for them, of course, to converse in a way that is um, perceived as natural to us. But yeah, moving forward, that's going to be the biggest change that I'll talk about more in the end. Uh, we're going to get more people from more avenues, from people that I don't even I don't even properly know as much. 
So that's going to be a thing that of course I talk about more at the end. But um, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I think I've pretty much covered the basics. That's that's kind of I explained why I started it. I explained how you know where we've come so far. I said nineteen guests. We're just about past one thousand uh, streams on all plat. Well, not on all platforms. On all streaming platforms. <laughs> I think on YouTube we have been publishing um, the full you know hour and a half, two hour long episodes alongside um, a YouTube clips channel, which combined have about sixty, if not seventy, subscribers at this point. Uh, a couple hundred, if not a thousand, views on that platform as well. So we're doing we're doing we're doing all right we're doing all right but that leads us now comfortably into um i guess the questions and answers part of this segment just give me a sec to get my questions up right <laughs> as you know i even skips technically speaking when i do every episode i ask people um you know how you been how was lockdown how's life since graduating <laughs> and for me honestly like lockdown Lockdown's been calm. Like I think I've said it to a couple of my guests anyway, but lockdown, even though today's currently um, October 31st in the UK, it's looking like we're about to go back into um, you know the second lockdown here in the UK. I'm actually in Bristol, so I'm not even at home. It's going to be a bit of a fun time. Um, but yeah, um, throughout the 2020 in, in general, I guess to answer the question, it's been pretty cool. I think I'm the type of person that I enjoy sitting around in my room. Um, I'm on my laptop quite a lot play a lot of games i do go out as and when it's necessary but i'm not someone that lives for you know going gym consistently going for walks and bike rides and stuff like that so of course i miss being outside i miss seeing my friends i miss um regular life i guess for like a better words but at the same time i think i'm built to cope you know like i've i haven't i don't feel like i've missed out too much and of course while i've been trying to run this podcast and of course a youtube channel uh my studies uh investing all these other things that i do outside um, fundamentally I need to do them by, you know, by a computer anyway, by a laptop anyway. So I don't know. It's been a, it's been interesting. I don't think I've been caught up too badly. I know a lot of people have talked about it in other episodes in the past, obviously go back and listen to what, uh, people are saying. I think Michael had a particularly interesting, um, segment on the Corona and who else was it? I think Moses talked a, a bit about it as well. So it's, it's worth going back and listening to some of the episodes, but for me, it's literally like, adapting as quickly as possible and trying to realize that um one thing that i, I spoke to io about in person obviously this episode he didn't mention it as much but we talked about this in person where it's like there's a fine line between working from home and living at work and you really don't want your room or your workspace to become uh i guess consumed by that you like we talked a lot about having it being a it's a good idea to work you know in your living room if you can or the kitchen if you can wherever you know if those are the same for some people and to try your best unless you have like a desk that's pretty far from your bed um trying not to work too much in your bedroom because otherwise it quickly becomes like as i said living at work and that's just hell for everyone because it's like you never know how to differentiate between should i be working should i be sleeping should i be i don't know watching something like on netflix it just makes it difficult and though i never really fell into that like in my in home at home in london <laughs> i've got uh, I, can't remember, I think it's called a loft bed it's a raised bed it's kind of like a bunk bed but the second bunk is not there so it's just an empty space i put a desk there um so for me it kind of felt normal i you know i went down uh, i did work on my desk and whenever i wanted to go to bed i had to climb back up so it felt like i actually felt like i went somewhere like if i was going to work and going back to bed so that kind of helps me i don't think it's the same for other people but you know ios I, I, this is a, a note from io is just to <laughs> to make sure you're not doing all your work in one space to make sure you're not doing all your workouts in one space and to kind of 
uh, establish, you know, three or four, if not five different spaces to do different things, like a creative space, a resting space, a working space, a, a physical workout space, things like that. Just so you're always, um, you know, you're, you're actively keeping your mind in a different state as opposed to mixing everything into one room and getting consumed by, you know, the, <laughs> all the different elements in that room. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I, I feel like lockdown was pretty cool for me. Um, the last year, obviously, a lot of my guests have, in fact, graduated. I've had them before. Uh, a couple of guys are still studying, but it's a, mat- it's a case of, you know, going into final year, going into second year, getting their heads down, uh, smashing out work. For me, last year was a bit different because obviously I was, well, to be fair, it was my second year, but it's a four-year course. So even though I was getting things done, um, it was very challenging. I started off in Newport, <laughs> which was fun. Uh, learning to drive to and from uni for an hour every day was interesting. Um, but I learned a lot about how important it is to like to actually actually see people. And I think that kind of prepared me a bit for lockdown because you there's a line between like being alone and being lonely, I guess, which I guess is kind of cliche to say, but it's cool being alone, being in my own space. I don't mind that sitting around doing my own thing, but you start to feel lonely when it's like, I guess it takes a choice out of it. Like sometimes it's like, I'm not seeing my friends cause I don't want to, or cause I'd rather be doing this and that's fine. Cause that means you're just okay with being alone. But when I was in Newport for the start of last year and even um, for a bit during lockdown, it's like, I don't, I can't see my friends because I like, I literally can't not cause I don't want to, not because I would rather do something else. It's like, I literally haven't got the choice anymore. The freedom is gone from my hands. I can't actually see these guys. And that's, it's challenging, you know, it's, it is challenging. I think, my advice for that is just to establish relationships that don't fundamentally rely on being in person, like talking on the phone, FaceTime, Skype, texting. Like for me, the podcast was a big, a big, big thing. Cause it meant like every week I was calling at least one new person talking for an hour and a half, two hours about random stuff, but you don't need a podcast to do that. You know what I mean? You can just like hit up any one of your friends, be like, yo, uh, have you heard about this whole coronavirus thing? Let's talk about that. Or, you know, if you're, if you're into football, talk about like what's going on with Project Restart, uh, Meza Ozil at Arsenal, Messi at Barcelona, all these different things going on around the world. Um, to be fair, there's a lot of bad things going on, going on, on around the world as well. That's cool to, I guess, discuss, not necessarily in a fun way, but it's worth discussing, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on at the moment, all these crazy things that the police are doing out there in America. Um, you know, Nigeria, the whole end SARS uh, protest. Like, there's a lot of things going on and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to promote that. I don't think any of that is, is good. The, the movements are good. It's good that people are trying to fix it, but it's like, I think it's always interesting to chat just in general, to find out more details about it, to see what other people think about it. Because unless you literally know everything about a topic, which nine times out of 10, you don't, um, there's always a lot to learn by talking to someone, even if they're <laughs> completely stupid. Like <laughs> I've spoken to people that I just don't have, um, that don't know much about uh, the subject matter, but even still, they start they start bringing up questions that you didn't even think about, and it's just a cool way to, I guess, expand your your knowledge pool beyond um, your your closest circle. Like I'm obviously talking about pe- calling random people and talking about random things. It's like you you quickly become, I guess, consumed by your regular your regular you know everyday friends, and you end up talking about regular everyday things like. Uh, for example, Ash, he was one of the episodes in the podcast as well. We talk a lot in person. I see Ash very, like m- more frequently than a lot of my other f- friends in Bristol. But even talking to him and Moses as well, to be fair, Philip as well. Philip's a big one as well, talking about acting and how he likes acting and things like that. You just don't know those things unless you actually talk to someone in a deeper level as opposed to like just hanging out, playing FIFA, 
or watching a game with guys, like, of course you still talk and you still have your regular conversations, but there's always, at least to me, and I, to be fair, I need this to be true for this podcast to, uh, to keep working, but it's like, everyone is intrinsically interesting if you just ask them the right questions. And I thoroughly believe that. And I think if you, again, if you ask the right questions, you can find out a lot about people and you can learn a lot about yourself as well. And even, you know, outside of, you know, I guess, um, deeper, deeper things, it's just cool to, to communicate and to develop your, you know, to some degree, your communication skills. Like I found myself, I always, <laughs> in the early episodes, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Very often when someone said something I didn't know how to reply to straight away, just to kind of give myself a bit of time to, to answer that question. I'd be like, oh, that's just funny you say that because, you know, and it's always, I mean, it's cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's nice to, to give yourself that time to think instead of just giving up a dumb answer. But I catch myself out, you know, I realise that I say a lot of things. I realise that I have a lot of um, filler that's personal to me. And, you know, I'm constantly trying to to build on that, constantly trying to, I guess, ask better questions, trying to make conversations flow better. And it's all these small elements that, you know, when you put them all together, um, and I, I'm literally just talking about when you chat to other people, not even uh, like building a car or anything, but just talking to people. There are so many things you can take away from that. and. Um, yeah, to be, that that got me through. That got me through lockdown in uh, in many ways. Um, building on that, I guess what's really changed in the last year is I I guess I've sat down a lot more and I've reflected a lot more because in the past I didn't do much of that. I mean, I did it. I did reflect. Obviously, it's always important to think about where you are in life, think about where you want to go, uh, what you've achieved, what you're planning to continue achieving, but it's very, very easy to fall into a trap of like, okay, things are fine. Let me just, you know, keep going or like, okay, things are bad, but they'll get better eventually. Let me just keep going. Or even the opposite, like maybe they won't get better. And it's, you can just feel down all the time. And it's like, yeah, it's all good and well to have, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, life's, life's meant for living, right? And it's no need to just sit around and do nothing, which is a big part of what reflecting is. But at the same time, I think the best advice I can give to anyone, especially myself, um, is you know, the only way you can actively improve, the only way you can actively like achieve and, you know, just be happy and like all these, everything, you can get anything you want out of life if you just communicate better. You know, if you improve your communication, not just between, you know, me and my friends <laughs> on the podcast, but fundamentally improving communication between you and your future and past selves, which I do a lot from, uh, to be fair, from the podcast and from YouTube as well. Like I go back every now and then and watch and listen, even like my old blog posts from like 2017, I'd go back through and read some of those and be like, wow, I haven't changed. <laughs> I haven't changed at all. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like improving communication between past, present and future selves. So you can actively like your, people always say like your best, your best teacher is your future self or your best, um, tutee or whatever is your past self. Cause you can always, you can, you always like hindsight, everyone's a genius in hindsight. You always know looking back, uh, what you could have done better. And I realize that a lot of the mistakes I make in the present are things that I actually, you know, I've actually made very similar mistakes in the past. I just never learned from them. And of course you always do learn from your mistakes. You always do refine your process, but it's like sometimes, or at least in my case, I would always adjust towards that specific issue and not accommodate for the various nuances that can arise from that particular issue. You know, one example might be, well, I'm talking to <laughs> I mentioned this briefly in Ash's podcast. I was talking to like certain girls, for example. I would always kind of say something um, that to me was fine, but maybe it's in debt to them. It's a bit, 
maybe you know, like promiscuous or a bit stupid or a bit childish, immature. And I'll be like, okay, so maybe next time I won't say that particular sentence and maybe I'll act in a, you know, I'll, I'll address them in a certain way or I'll uh, talk about a certain topic. And then, you know, you refine that one thing. But then I ended up, because you know, I guess for me it's different because that's kind of like my personality. I think I'm fundamentally a quite playful guy. I joke around a lot. I don't take myself too seriously. And because of that, I end up saying things that someone who might take themselves a lot more seriously uh, might perceive as um, uh, like an attack, even though I'm just kind of joking. But it's difficult. You know, I, I always find it difficult in the past to figure out what the right mix was. It's like, I, you know, I didn't say that this time. So why is it not working? But it just comes down to, again, like understanding the various nuances of what you've done and trying to interpret it from, you know, from in their shoes, I guess being empathetic towards them and realizing that, you know, it's not the sentence that's the, that's the problem. It's like, I don't know, maybe your tone or something. That's something that I've, I've heard a lot. Like, oh, I don't like your tone. Like, what does that mean? I'm texting you. <laughs> but yeah, it just comes down to, I guess, as I said, like being empathetic um, and trying to understand the nuances of what you've done, what you said how you've done certain things, uh, X, Y, Z, and then building that all around to consistently improve yourself. And I think that's, you know, that's where my mentality again comes from, um, of improving communication between past, present and future selves. Like I've talked a lot in old videos about how, um, I don't know, I, I've not, I've read this recently in one of my blog posts. I was like, I, I've been quite lazy today. Why am I not, you know, I felt quite bad because I was quite lazy. I was reading an old post from 2017 it's literally called my lazy problem. I think I've deleted um, my WordPress site now anyway, but it's like, I was looking at it and I was complaining, complaining, complaining. But as I always do at the end, or I always try to do at the end of my videos and blog posts and everything, it's like you try and bring it back around full circle. So I'm complaining, oh, I'm lazy, I'm not any work, yada, yada, yada. And then I concluded by saying that, you know, next time what I need to do is appreciate that when things are good, things are good. And that eventually it's safe to assume that things will become bad. And what that means is, yeah, today, I mean, not literally like good and bad, but it's like today I might have a lot of time. Today I might have finished all my lectures, all my uh, YouTube editing, all my eBay uh, posters and stuff by 1 p.m. Cool. So I've got a lot of free time. Instead of sitting down and playing Animal Crossing or, you know, going to a friend's house playing FIFA, why don't I just put some time in, um, prepare some YouTube videos in advance, prepare a podcast in advance, get ahead of next week's lectures, put some hours into my um my coursework and then that way in you know a week's time two weeks time i can bank on you know if there is an off day for example uh, my car breaks down and i can't get back in time at least then i have the you know the peace of mind knowing that okay you know th today's going to be a bit of a write-off but at least i know that last week or the week before or the day before or whatever a couple of hours ago i took advantage of that downtime of that good time and put myself in a good position to accommodate uh for these l's right here right now and that's something that I, I always try and do, but it's something that I consistently forget. Like right now, things are somewhat good. That's why I'm putting this episode out and recording myself uh, doing my episode. But this episode is supposed to come out <laughs> like two weeks ago. And the remarkable thing is a month ago, well, before October, I had so much time in September. Um, obviously, I had my exams. But after my exams were done, I was just, I was just chill. I was just chilling. I was just sitting around doing nothing. I uh, finished Futurama, finished Arrested Development, watching all these shows. <laughs> I finished um, a couple of PS3 games so I can sell that in advance for the PS5. Like I was just chilling, enjoying my life. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but I need to now understand that had I, you know, used an hour of that time, two hours of that time to sit down and record this, then, you know, I wouldn't be late right now. This would have been out two, three weeks ago. I could have been preparing for <laughs> season two 
this whole time, getting things together, getting guests in line, which I've still been doing in the last couple of days. But it's like, I could have been, I could have done this earlier and I could have been going through this week, still finding guests, still um, recording, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe with less stress on my mind, maybe knowing that, okay, uh, I've done enough back then to, to, you know, to be, to be allowed to be chill right now versus, as I said, you know, I'm a bit extra, a bit of extra stress. It's not too much. It's not that bad. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I guess the point is that it's important to use your good time while you have it, you know, use your, if you think about it from a monetary standpoint, if you have extra cash, instead of spending that on like McDonald's KFC going for a meal, maybe investing that because one day you might need that invested capital, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's just about preparing for the future, I guess. And that's something that I always tell myself that I actually wrote about to myself <laughs> three years ago, but I still made that mistake this time. So it's, it's, that's the thing. It's a constant rotation of, of going back, of taking those notes, be it, you know, whether you have like notes on your phone or you have an actual diary, or in my case, if it's like, um, some medium of, of, um, creativity of media and making sure that you go back through it every now and then. So you make sure you're always, you know, always refining yourself, always in your best self and eventually it'll become a routine. I mean, something that I never thought I would do, but I wrote about to myself years ago was that the three, two, one method where, you know, let's say you're laying in bed and you know that you've got to get up and, uh, put some washing on or wash some dishes or whatever, have some breakfast. Um, typically like back in the days, I'll just lie there, but like, oh, you know, what? I'll do it. I'll do it when I get up. I'm, I might like pick up my phone, text a little bit, play a bit of animal crossing, whatever. And then I don't know, just <laughs> like, like an hour will go by the day will be wasted. And then of course I will try and get things done, but it just meant that things happened a bit slower. So I said, you know what, this is a, this wasn't even, this is before my blog. I think I talked about it even before then. Um, the blog was the first thing that started alongside the YouTube channel, then eventually this podcast. But, um, yeah, I talked about it. And it's like the three, two, one method where let's say again, like you walk into your room, you realize that it's a bit messy. You're like, okay, I got to clean my room. So instead of saying, I'll do it later, you just say three, two, one, and then you do it. Like you literally count down from three and you do it there and then, because the chances are something that there are several things that are easier to do in the moment than it is to remember to do it later. And I think a prime example of that is like making your bed, um, tied in your room because you can tidy your room nine times out of 10 in seconds or minutes even. It's no, it shouldn't ever really take an hour, two hours to clean your room unless you haven't done it in a while or unless you're doing a deep, deep clean. Um, but fundamentally, when it comes to tidying, like I'm not talking about cleaning, just tidying, you know, putting your shoes back where they're supposed to be, folding your clothes, um, stacking up your paper and stuff, uh, moving your wires around. Like most of that doesn't take very long. You can do it in seconds. So, yeah, I mean, it just comes down to, I think the free tour method, that, that's become normal to me now as well. It's the point I'm trying to get across because my past self said, to, you know, to my, to another past self, which is the future at the time. It's like, look, just stop being an idiot. <laughs> just, just get things done when it need to be done. If you, if you put something in the bin and the bin's full, take the bin down. If you finish cooking and you, you know, you put your plate to the side, it's all served, clean the pots there and then, because if you wait, it eventually powers up. And then a five second job becomes a five minute job and a five minute job becomes a five hour job. Or it becomes your mum coming into your room, <laughs> having a go at you for not doing the dishes. But <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, for me, it's, a, it's just a thing of getting things done as quickly as possible and making sure that you're never in debt, but in debt to yourself, I guess, because it's not a financial debt, but it's like you're, the debt is the time that you have to spend because now you owe yourself five minutes later on to do something. And it's just better off to just do it there and then to never have uh, tasks piling up, never have like a debt of tasks is like, I guess my my uh philosophy um yeah i mean that's essentially what's changed the most for me i don't know i think 
now that I'm actually sitting down answering my questions, like it's very weird <laughs> to be a guest on my own show. But um, yeah, that's 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 what's changed a lot in the last year. You know, just talking to people more, getting things done quicker, and making sure that you're always, you know, always on top of things. You always have people around, and you're always, I guess, somewhat happy. <laughs> I guess is the point. Um, but yeah, in the past, in um, I guess season one, I had the ten key. 10 key topics, which I've actually refined now to six I'm seeing on my spreadsheet. So I'm going to go through these questions one by one. And then again, as I said before, we'll talk about what's coming next for the show. So question one, which I mean, technically question zero is like, you know, tell us how you are, how was last year, blah, blah, blah. But question one now is what's the most important thing people don't know about your background? And I actually don't know. I think for me, one thing that I put a lot of weight on, I guess, is my morals and not in a, you know, not in a self-righteous way. I'm someone that believes, I kind of see things in a net, you know, in a net sense. Um, now let me explain what that means. So if I, okay, let's say one of my friends needs a pen, right? The net gain of me giving them my pen could be like five points because they have a pen now that had to go for me. Whereas the net negative in that case could be like, Minus two points because I've got to unzip my pencil case, take out a pen, and give it to them. So in that isolated incident, the net, you know, the net score of that is like a plus three. Like even though I was a bit inconvenienced, they get to benefit from having the pen. And fun, you know, as far as the global <laughs> net metrics are concerned, um, it was a positive interaction, right? So I always, I guess, measure things on a net scale, and I think, I mean, that, that doesn't really make sense. Like, how does that apply to my background? But that comes from, I think, the way I was raised in the sense that I was always in, I guess, not necessarily a bad place, but I, I you know, I didn't like my childhood. I, I don't like um, the way I was brought up. I have a lot of issues with the way my parents raised me. I think the way my, not my siblings as individuals, but having to live with siblings in, um, you know, a tight space, which is not, it's no, don't get me wrong, it's, it's no one's fault in that regard, but in my, fir- in, you know, in our flat, well, to be fair, when I was born, actually, my parents didn't even have their own place. My mum was living with her mum and my dad was living with, with his mum. So I was in like my mum's house with her brother. I think her sister, I think my auntie was still there for a bit while I was born. I think maybe, maybe not actually. I think she might have moved out with her boyfriend at the time or maybe even husband, actually. I think they were married <laughs> like the day I was born or something in another country. So mum didn't even go to that wedding. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I think I had a lot of issues growing up. I think my, my upbringing was very challenging, very difficult. And... I've always taught myself to try to understand things from another perspective where I was like, okay, maybe my dad didn't treat me very well, but I mean, this isn't even me trying to simplify, not simplify, trying to um, justify their actions, but it's like uh, my dad's, his background, his um, childhood, for example, wasn't great either. So I'm thinking like, is he a bad person for treating me this way? No, he's just like, he's inexperienced. He doesn't know what he's doing. And of course I take fault with like, you can always learn to <laughs> be a better parent. You can always learn to be a better leader. You can always learn how to, you can talk to your kids and find out um, from them that like, what they think, how do you can, how they think you can do better uh, X, Y, Z. Which I, you know, of course I'm not, this is the point. This isn't to, to um, slander my parents, but it's like, I, I always look at the situation in a black and white sense where it's like, okay, if some things are wrong, can I see where the issues ar- arose from? and irrespective of whether they can fix it or not it's like it's it's always fair to some degree to understand 
the context behind every action. And then that goes back to what I was saying before about the net score. Like, yeah, okay, my parents are, you know, they, they didn't treat me very well growing up. But it's like, I was always, I guess, annoyed at home. I was always uh, stressed at home. I was always this, that, and the other. But I, you know, I learned to understand that like, my parents just aren't very, they, <laughs> they just never figured this out. So it's like, cool. This is like level zero. Let's call it, I'm not going to say they're bad parents. This is just who they are. And then that's where the net comes into it. And then if they do something above the net, something that I don't expect, and they get like points for it, not necessarily credit. Like I'm not crediting them, for example, for buying me um, the PS3 when I was younger because, well, okay, maybe the PS3 is different. <laughs> but it's like maybe every now and then because of financial difficulties, like there was no food in the fridge or something. We had to eat beans. So it was like we kind of struggled uh, to get by every now and then to make ends meet. So maybe every now and then, okay, mum bought salmon this weekend. Cool. Like I'll give her some credit for, even though it may not be, you know, look with me with my older eye, that may not have been the most financially savvy decision at the time to ball out on salmon when you're like struggling to pay bills. <laughs> but it, you know, I, like I, I gave him points for that. Again, it's not like credit. It's not like, oh, it's not like undue credit. I'm not saying like, oh, you're great because you bought additional, additionally nice food or something or because you paid because you got us Wi-Fi. Because I, I never had Wi-Fi until I was about 13, 12, 13 years old. All my friends were banging out uh, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, all these, you know, Call of Duty zombies back when that was, when that was uh, banging at the time. I never had any of that. Uh, I didn't even have a, well, I had a, I had like a normal a Nokia phone. All my friends had Blackberries. I still had a Nokia. Eventually my friends got into um, the iPhone. I think it was like the iPhone 4 was when it really got popular with the 3G. I uh, got really popular. I, I think back then <clears throat> I really wanted the, um, the first generation Samsung Galaxy. And then I asked my mum, we went to Westfield. They said, oh, the Galaxy is like £30 a month, £25 a month. Mum's like, uh, have you got anything <laughs> anything cheaper than that? And I, I don't fault her for that. Like, of course, um, finances are a problem. Um, no one's really to blame for the situation. I mean, I guess you can argue some people are to blame for the situation, but I'm not blaming mum for not having money at the time. And of course, for a phone, which is not even that big a deal, it's literally a luxury item to have. But it just meant that uh, like it meant that I had to see the world from a you know a different lens, a different point of view, a different perspective, and I had to look at it and be like, okay, um, <laughs> like as I said, I'm not giving them credit for doing these for making purchases that may not have been um, financially clever, but you, I got to give them something for that. I mean, I don't have, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to do anything for anything, but in my head, it's like, look, I can either have nothing or I can appreciate um, the Nokia. You know what I mean? Or it's like I can either just eat uh egg fried rice every day or i can appreciate a salmon meal at the end of the week and while that <laughs> to some degree led to a very messed up sense of appreciation a very messed up sense of um of value for me growing up that to unlearn as i got older it just meant that you know going back to what's important about my background it meant that i've always tried to view the world from a sense of as i said a net score you always you know it's important to always take a minute to appreciate to under to understand to be aware of the base level because some people and some, you know, some jobs, some degrees, some whatever, they can't offer certain things. Like it's unfair for me to, for example, go to my lecturer for discrete maths and be like, oh, you're not teaching me enough engineering physics. You know, you know? it's like, there's a reason why he teaches discrete maths. And there's a reason why some teachers engineering physics, because they have a, a different degree of um, knowledge in each, in each topic. Right. Uh, the same would apply to my parents. I'm not going to, as I said, as I said, I'm not going to assign them unnecessary credit for things that I think they possibly should have been doing in the first place. But I got to look at it and be like, you know what? My parents have always done this. They've always done that. 
if I can get a little bit more on a Tuesday, like so be it, you know. If I get a bit worse on a Wednesday, then of course I get that's negative points <laughs> on a net sense. But it's you know I've always taken time to appreciate the base level and then go from there, and that that transcends family and into like how I do everything. You know, all the friends I've met, all the the friends I've made, sorry, people I've met, um, all the progress I've made in jobs, careers, uni, everything. I'm always trying to find the base level and see what can I extract out of this? What can I expect from this? What can't I expect? What can't I extract out of it? And yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, if that really answered the question, but it's like, I've always, and then to be fair, building on that, I think this is, I guess this is where, you know, where my answer comes into it. Where it's like building on that, being the older brother, being someone who I've looked at, I've looked at the world differently. And I've always seen people that don't look at the world like the way I do. And it's not to say that people are worse or better than me. I don't, I don't really perceive that. We're all just people that's fundamentally different, right? But it's a, it's a thing where I acknowledge, you know, some of my abilities. For example, like I'm pretty good at maths. I acknowledge that. Uh, I'm pretty good at, I've been told I'm pretty funny. <laughs> I acknowledge that. And on a net sense, I feel, you know, giving myself a net score of, let's say like a plus five for humor, let's say like a plus six for maths, um, minus one for driving skills <laughs> or whatever. Um I've always seen it, you know, going back to the pencil example I gave, I've always seen it as my duty, you know, my responsibility to offer my net positives to someone who is a net negative and to try and bridge that gap, try and bring it to an overall net positive. That's where the pencil example comes from. It's like, it's, you need a pen. I have an extra pen. Even though it's inconvenient, it's annoying me to give you this pen. I understand that you gain more from having it than I do from not giving it to you or than I lose by giving it to you. So I'm just going to give you the pen. And the same thing applies, for example, when I'm, you know, I'm going shopping, I'm driving to the shop. You might need, you know, you might ask me for a lift. In your head, it's like you might gain, you know, plus 10 happiness or plus 10 convenience. Not having to get the bus. I might lose, I don't know, minus two for having to pay extra petrol to accommodate for your weight or something. Or I don't know. To be fair, it's a rash example. But it's like I'm out to, I might lose a little bit out in terms of storage space if I want to buy a lot of stuff. Maybe I can't buy that anymore. Um, if I want to listen to my own music sing along to some uh, some ABBA or something while I'm driving. <laughs> and now I've got to act a certain way to maintain my integrity in this friendship. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe in that sense, I might lose a little bit of something there. I might lose a bit of comfortability. But I always see things from a net a net sense. And I think that, that degree, like I don't even call that as me being kind or me being polite. I don't even perceive any of that. It's literally like, look, <laughs> like I have a bit more, you have a bit less. If I give you some extra um, the global net scale that I made up in my head is improved. So I'm going to accommodate that. I don't, I don't know if that's something that people call kind or polite or whatever. I don't know, but <laughs> same thing applies for like holding doors open for people. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm kind of going around in circles, but that's, you know, that's it. That's something that I think is quite interesting that people may perceive differently, maybe perceive as weakness, like who's giving people lifts or something. But it fundamentally comes down to, as I said, um, a net scoring system, which I think comes down to understanding a base level of, what I can can and can't expect from people, which is built upon from my relationship with my parents growing up. Um, question two, who inspires and pushes you? For me, I've never really had like a, well, there are people that I look up to instantaneously at moments, but I don't really have a true inspiration. I mean, for example, I might look up to someone like Joe Rogan or Joe Budden or some, or um, Chucky. Uh, from the half cast podcast, look up to the guys at Free Shots, you know, Savage Daniel, them man for podcasting, for example. I'm like, you guys are doing bits. I want to improve my podcast so I can get onto the level that you guys are at and try and do the things you guys are doing. Maybe from a footballing sense, you know, back when I was back when I was playing football uh, more frequently, 
I'll look up to someone like Santi Cazorla, an old Arsenal player, a uh, Spanish guy. I look up to all these. I look up to different people for different things, and I think no one is really. When it comes to inspiration, I guess you're looking for someone that offers you that offers you a platform that you're aiming for. And most people kind of perceive that in a sense where, you know, I want to be like, just like them, but there's no one in the world that I want to be like other than, you know, the best version of myself. And I think the best version of myself is a compilation of the best version of several different people. Like, I can't remember who said it. It might've been, um, may have been Steve Jobs. I don't actually know if it was, it was some guy at some point in time, but it's like stealing from one, stealing? I think, yeah, I think it's like stealing from one person is plagiarism, but stealing from several people is research. And even though that analogy is a bit dumb, like <laughs> stealing from several sources is still technically plagiarism, just from plagiarism from several people. But, you know, the fundamental idea that they're trying to get across is that if you just take from one person, you're literally just taking something and making it your own. That's not quite the same as in, in innovating and integrating different ideas and building on different things and from different places and coming up with something entirely new based on original ideas, because that's fundamentally what everything new is. It's just a, a different way of mixing old ideas. If you look at cars today, like the wheel was <laughs> it's like hundreds of thousands of years old. Some, someone made the wheel like 10,000 years ago. We thought, how can we innovate on this wheel thing? How can we make this better? Let's add four of them and put them on a case and then put a horse in front of it or put an engine in it, put a battery underneath it and whatever the hell comes next. But it's all just innovations. It's all just built on past ideas. And for me, you know, going back to the question at hand, who inspires me? Um, basically anyone who's at the top of their game and it's hard for me to go into depth about it because there's so many things that I so many things um, come together to form I guess my character my identity of course like sports as I said podcasting is cool YouTube is cool I, I love engineering I look up to guys like Elon Musk all these guys are inspirations to me in some you know in some degree but even like with Elon Musk for example I don't want to be like <laughs> I don't want to be that guy so some of the things this guy tweets the trouble this guy finds himself in he's what 41 I think years old like a, well, he's got a girlfriend now but before Grimes he was like a single dad with like four or five kids there was, I mean don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with that there's no shame in that but at the same time I'm not looking up to Elon Musk in totality and saying that's exactly what I want to be um, Kanye West I think his music is phenomenal and he's an inspirational figure in terms of music but yeah, I don't want, like, <laughs> do I want to be Kanye West in 2020? No, I just, I'd much, much rather be myself. Not to mention I've got a couple of years on them. That's not to say that, that I'm guaranteed to have a longer life, but you know, I'm 22, <laughs> I've got a couple of years on these guys. So there are several things that I don't know, like I'm going, off, I'm going around the circles at the moment, but the fundamental point, I guess that I'm trying to get across is that I have, I don't really have a true inspiration. Like no one really pushes me to be something bigger than what I am. Other than, I suppose, myself in many ways, or I guess one other way to interpret that maybe is like my kids, which I don't even have yet. But it's like going back to the, even the first question, I was talking about my own upbringing, um, which was blighted by like uh, issues with my parents, uh, financial difficulties, uh, maybe integration, pro not integration. Um, I, can't, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, yeah, identity problems or something like growing up. I would hate for my kid to have to go through the same things. And you can always say, oh, but you learned this and that. Like there are several ways to learn lessons. And I don't necessarily think that the way I learned, you know, I learned my way is the best way. So it's like, I just, I, you know, I'm motivated and I'm inspired to be better just so I don't give my kids, you know, in the future, um, like anything. I don't want to have, not even like the problems I had, but like even any other problems that maybe I didn't have. So it just comes down to that, I guess. I'm, I'm more... Yeah, I'm more I'm more driven just by myself, by my own ideals, by my own morals, by my own 
my own um, situation and my own my upbringing and background, I'm driven to improve that for my kids and for myself going forward. And that's, I guess, the best way I can answer that question. Uh, the third question I usually I try to extract from people during the podcast is how have you changed since you started slash finished uni slash work? So for me, I haven't finished anything yet and I'm still at uni. So how have I changed and started uni? I kind of answered that, to be fair, in the beginning. Whereas like I just, I'm a bit more meticulous now with like how I integrate with people. Like I'm obviously a lot more wary of being alone versus being lonely. I will try and get things done quicker. Um, how have I changed? That's hard to answer, I think. Like beyond the answer I already gave, I don't think there's much I can reasonably perceive right now because of course I'm still here. I'm still studying. I'm a second year. I guess the only main thing that has changed um what says how have you changed is my question but i guess what has actually changed because i said i kind of answered that before but like what has actually changed in my life like i'm just a lot more focused now as in i'm not going to say i know what i want i'm not going to say i know what i want to get out of life but i know what i don't want (laughs) and that's definitely something that's new that it has that's consistently no it's always it's always being realized by me in the moment like even this time last year, I was applying for finance internships for spring weeks. I don't even want to work in finance anymore. Like I was this time last year, I thought it was cool. But now I'm looking at it and now I'm like seeing what people have to, the work guys are doing, uh, speaking to people that work there. Obviously some of my friends work in finance. It's like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get up at six o'clock every day and work until 8 p.m. That's ridiculous. I, I just, I'd much rather earn a bit less and just have a lot more free time. I'd much rather work for myself even. I don't want, I don't like the idea of sitting down um, doing something for someone else, like making someone else money. Like when you think about it, some of these traders at banks, for example, they might be trading millions, if not maybe not billions, but you know they're trading millions of pounds. They they deal with a lot of money. A lot of money comes through their desk, through their terminal every day, every minute, every hour while they're at work, and they only take home what fifty thousand pounds every year. That's crazy talk. <laughs> I think that's crazy talk. Some of the clients that these like um, private wealth investors, um, these private wealth um, consultants. Some of the people that they work with are like millionaires, if not even billionaires. You talk to these guys from the Arab states, from like guys from America, these like very high value clients who come into the office in like a, you know, Aston Martin or to be fair, there's a lot more expensive cars out than Aston Martin. But you know what I mean? It's like they come in, it's like $4,000 suit, pimped out in a nice car, all these rings and that. I don't like, obviously I don't work, I've never spoken to a high, a high value client. I'm, I just imagine that they, they, they're probably going to flex every now and then. But you're coming in with it, as I said, it's nice card, nice suit, you know, the latest iPhone 12 Pro Max, all this stuff. You're talking to a, an intern <laughs> whose net worth is like £12. He's still, someone like me, I'm still in like all my student student account overdraft. <laughs> and I'm trying to advise like Bill Gates. So this is what you should do with your money. Like, I just think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. And obviously that, uh, that's, a, that's a different side of craziness that exists in that, in that industry. But for you to take home, granted you do get bonuses, but you know, you take home 50 grand a year, you end up paying about 40% of that in tax. So you probably get to keep about 36K and you're working 12 hours a day. That's like, I don't know. Like obviously everyone, if you listen to this, do your own research, think about what you actually want to do. But to me, I just think that's crazy talk. I, I don't want to do that anymore. Now that I know what it's about, I don't want to do it anymore. I'd much rather do something on my own um, or work in somewhere more lighter in tech, which is, I guess is a chat for another day. But I guess the main thing that's changed is because my viewpoint, I guess my, as I said, what I want to get out of uni has changed a lot. Um, how I've changed, I mean, I, taught, I touched on that in, in question zero, but 
uh, yeah, as far as that as far as that question is concerned, that's uh, that's what's changed. Question four is: What do you do for fun slash to relax after uni slash work, and how do you keep mentally slash physically fit? Um, what do I do for fun? Literally, just all these. Like I have an abundance right now of side hustles and hobbies. Like YouTube is one, podcast is one, um, picking up free stuff and selling on eBay is one. Um, obviously, gaming. I'm a big gamer. I love video games. I'm very very close to ordering a PS5. Like the minute they go back in stock is the minute I order one. So it's like I do a lot of things. I think gaming is probably the best example there because all these other side hustles are just things that I do. Like the actual. They can be perceived as work. They can be perceived as um, something that I'm doing with the intent to eventually make money from. So to some degree, I guess it is work. But in terms of like literally just to relax or for fun, literally just gaming. You know, I sit down, I bang out some some Animal Crossing for a bit, play some uh, The Last of Us, Red Dead, whatever game's hot at the moment. There's no, no, I don't, I haven't bought any new games in a while because it's the PS5 around the corner. I don't see the point of buying a game for the PS4 and then buying the exact same game (laughs) a month later. For PS5, but that's that's a different conversation. But yeah, it's gaming, I guess. Gaming is the best answer. To I guess it's a bad thing, but I don't really do much at the moment to keep physically fit. I probably should. Um, I literally had a car accident um, a couple of days ago, about six, seven days ago. So my back is very stiff right now. My legs are a bit a bit sore. So it's within my best interest to obviously not push myself and get injured, but to keep my you know keep physically fit, keep strong. It's not a good idea to, now that my back's stiff, it's not a good idea to sit down and just let it get worse and worse. I should actually be outside. Um, usually I'll be playing football, maybe a bit of basketball here and there. Um, sometimes a bit of badminton, but yeah, because of, of COVID, I haven't really done anything recently to stay physically fit. I'm meaning to do more jogs and running and stuff, but yeah, I'll save that. <laughs> I'll save that conversation for, for another day. Um, but yeah, basically... I have a lot of these side these side projects, these side hustles that I do for my for free for in my free time, and I do a lot of gaming every now and then. But in terms of physically fit, I used to be boot sales actually. I used to go out to boot sales, buy stuff, just walk around for some time, pick up stuff, um, and that's how I would go back and sell it on eBay. Even sometimes when I get free stuff, I might walk there instead. But that doesn't really count as an actual activity. So yeah, right now it's nothing, but that's on me. Um, and the last two questions, I'll do one at a time. Obviously, question five. What advice would you give to someone just starting or to your younger self? And it's funny, like I sat down not long ago and actually did a YouTube video kind of touching on that, like my honest reflection on my four years um, at the University of Bristol and like check that video out um, if you want a more in-depth answer, I guess, on what I just raised. But to answer the question, what advice would I give? Um, I guess starting to my younger self, I would tell myself to be the going on for the answer I gave in the video is to be more open-minded, to be more, to be more ready, I guess, to truly immerse myself into the university experience, into the world, the world we have for at uni. Um, I touched on it in the video, but to give you a bit of context, like uh, this even goes back to what I mentioned in this video as well, to be fair, in this um, podcast, to be fair. Uh, I was talking about how uh, my upbringing, you know, my parents led me to think and see life a certain way. I think that same mentality kind of affected how I approached university because I never really landed. I never really sat down and, and, and experienced Bristol. I think I was always just out away from home. <laughs> I was always just out. I never, in my head, I never thought I was in Bristol. I always thought I'm out of home. I'm away from home. Whenever, you know, I, I would always go back every now and then because I think the grass is always greener sometimes. And I was just sitting around, oh, I wish I could go back. And then within minutes, it's like, you know what? <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. So then I cut and then I come back to Bristol 
But even then, it's like, I never said, you know what, I'm going to Bristol. I said, I'm getting out of here. Like, that's even like, literally like verbatim how I process it. I would never say, you know what, I'm going back, you know, to my second home, whatever. I'm going back to, to campus, to uni. I'd always just, in my head, it's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Like, I could have gone anywhere, Bristol, Birmingham, Manchester, Nottingham, Leeds, um, Dublin, New York. Where I could have gone anywhere in the world. And I never would have, I never would have been there. I would have just been away from home, in my head at least. And while that example is specific to me, I think the advice that I'll give to my, you know, to my past self answering the question is like just to be more open-minded and to actually attack the place as if, you know, as if I'm there. Don't just go to uni to get away from home. Don't just talk to people to, you know, to stay active. To don't just apply to internships for the sake of applying to internships. Actually, be open kind of take the approach where it's like the person I was before, you know, the person you were in school, the funny guy, the, you know, the quote unquote savage or whatever, how people perceive you to be, take that personality, take that persona, like put it in a box. Don't like forget about it. Remember that's still obviously there. That's still someone who you have been in the past, but take uni as an opportunity to explore every possible avenue, you know, meet all the people, apply to all the jobs, um, go down every street, eat at every joint, like just find out, what's out there and find out what you like and take away from that um of course just who you are it comes back to like i take a lot of a lot of fault i guess with the word like finding yourself with the idea of finding yourself because that kind of implies that you um it kind of implies that you are a thing you know like a substance right now and somewhere out there in the wild is like you and you have to go out and find that version of you i, I kind of take take issue with that you know the way that word is presented that phrase is presented I don't think it's about finding me. I think it's about building you. It's like literally building yourself. You have to experience stuff and find out, I like this. And then, you know, integrate that into your identity. Um, meet a person, but I like that person. And then make them, you know, integrate them into your friend group. And you find all these things and you kind of perceive them as building blocks as to, as I said, the building yourself, building your true character. Because without going on for too long about like my school experience, I was very quickly put into a box. As I said, like I was a funny guy. I was a guy that's not too serious. I was to... You know, the, I was Eber. I was Eber <laughs> in school. Eber was my second name. But it's like, it was kind of used. I feel like my name was kind of used. Um, I was an adjective, I guess. It's like, oh, Eber. This is like, I was, I was a thing. I was, a, I was in a box, I guess is the best way to put it. Like when, you, when you're a thing, your thing is defined by like, it's, I guess it's dimensions, right? It exists. This thing exists. And I, even though I'm not going to lie, that several aspects of what Eber was, was me. I'm not going to lie. Of course, I made that on my own. People perceived that in a certain way, but that's kind of the, the energy that I put out into the world. That energy, I think, is the fundamental point is that that energy was put out from when I was in year seven, you know, I was 11 years old, up into year 13 when I was 18 years old. That was, what, seven years of growth that was put into a single word. It's put into Ebert. That's my entire identity is Ebert. No one really saw that I liked Tesla or tech or engineering. No one really saw that I was, um, okay, I guess maths is kind of part of my, my personality at school because it, it was a big thing at the time, being good at maths, being funny, being kind of smart. No one really saw that, you know, oh, Jordan can hold deep conversation. Jordan thinks about things, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to say this is unique to me. Obviously, a lot of people have more depth than what meets the eye, I guess. But, you know, I've got, I've got an opinion on political matters. I've got an opinion on investing. I, I, I invest myself, but <laughs> like I actually, contrary to popular belief, I, I talk about this a lot on videos and stuff as well. I've got a pretty, you know, quite a big, varied, interesting portfolio that people could, could might find interesting, you know what I mean? But it's like, you're very, I was very much put into a box. I was very much defined by my actions as an 11, 12, 13 year old. 
And to my, for some reason, I carried that into university. I never really let that go. I kind of came in and I was still the funny guy and I was still the, the guy that's good at math. So I'll sit down in lectures like, huh, you know, I, I know what he's talking about, even though I had no idea what was going on. And, you know, going back to my, what I tell my younger self is like, just forget about that. Come in with an open mind, let go of who you were before. And as I said, like, don't forget about it. You know, put it in a box. Remember, it's there. If you go into the uni um, and you don't like it, you talk to people, you don't like them, you, you study this course, you don't enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with going back to who you are before or to changing course, completely changing your, your trajectory. That's completely fine. Like I was 18, 19, I'm only 22 now. I'm still young. I'm not, I'm still not, I mean, obviously, as I said, I got put into a box and I'm still in many ways um, acting within the means, you know, within the, the limits, the limitations of those boxes I've been put in. But fundamentally, it's like, fam, there's <laughs> a whole wide world out there, a whole wide world out there. Everyone I've got on a podcast so far, as I said in the beginning, is friends of mine, people that know me from before. I can literally hit up anyone in the world and, you know, they might air me, they might not want to come on, they might want to come on to promote their own thing. But I can chat to pretty much anyone in theory. I don't need to be this person. I can be whoever I want. And that applies to anyone. Anyone can be whoever they want. And, you know, answering the question, I guess, once and for all, if I could go back and talk to my previous self, it's like, be who you want to be, man. Be who you want to be. Have an open mind. Immerse yourself into Bristol. Don't think about it as away from home. Think about it as Bristol, like a new home, a potential new home, should I say. Uh, yeah, be open-minded. Approach it as a fresh start. Find out what you've got to find out. Find your people. Find your this. Find your that. Build yourself. Um, build up, uh, I guess, social currency, I guess. Build up personal currency, identity currency. And... Yeah, just flip it and enjoy it. <laughs> like, enjoy it while you're there. Because I'm looking at my friends now who are working. Even this isn't even advice to my previous self anymore. This is still advice to me, me right now. <laughs> like I'm looking at a lot of my friends who are working. And I'm like, when I was younger, it's like, oh, I can't wait to get a job and get money and go on holiday, this, that, da, 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 da. Now it's like, fam, <laughs> you're telling me you only get 28 holidays a year. That's crazy. Like 28 days of holiday, sorry. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'd much rather enjoy myself now while I got some time to spend. Um, and then I'll worry about the future when I get there. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it. I guess be open-minded and, um, enjoy it while it's there. Um, the advice I'd give to someone who's just starting, who's, I guess, not myself, essentially the same stuff, essentially the same stuff, but the only thing I would differ, cause obviously I'm talking specifically from my experience when it came to, um, like landing, I was, I mentioned to myself, how, like my parents, I felt like I was away from home instead of at uni. Um, that's quite specific to me. But a way to generalize that, I guess, to an you know, the, to anyone who's just starting a uni, is to take some time to establish not necessarily a home, but to establish like a hub of your own at uni. Be it like I don't know, maybe there's one cafe that you always go to. There's one, there's one library that becomes your favorite library. Um, one part of your because. Accommodation is a bit different because you change your your halls every year from, in most cases. But if you I mean if you don't change your hall each year, then maybe find a room, find a library, find a study area in, in that halls that you like. Because one thing that I think is important is familiarity and just knowing like this is this is this. Like it's like a central zone. In school, that was very much Hounslow High Street. Like me and my friend would always go high street after school. And no matter how lost you found yourself, even even in a geographic sense, if I was like, out on the wild one day and I was like actually lost. I could just look at a bus and be like, okay, Hound to Hound Street. I know where I'm going. I, I'll go to, I'll return there, get my bearings right, and then I'll be fine. Or, um, I don't know, like, I just think finding, finding a hub, finding somewhere that you, not necessarily call home, but somewhere that you recognize as yours, somewhere that you recognize as a warm, you know, 
makes you feel warm, makes you feel like you belong there. Something that is important to you in some ways. I think that's I think that's very, very good to build. And for most people, that's just where you live. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, for others, it might be like the local area, uh, like a cafe next to your your faculty building or lecture halls or whatever. For some people, it's a lot more, it's easier to establish. You kind of just fall upon it. But for me, I guess I never fell upon that place. I still don't have that place in Bristol, to be fair. So it just comes down to finding that. And I think once you know where you are, once you once you feel like you belong there, things things are so much easier. <laughs> things get so much easier. And even from a case of like, if your friends come down or your family come down from home to visit, you can be like, okay, look, I'm going to take you to this spot. That that's, that's your spot now. You know that spot. You feel at home there. That's why you're comfortable bringing people there and using it as your own. Like, and yeah, I mean, that's it. I can go, like, I, I can go on all day explaining the nuances of that. But the best advice I can give is just find a spot. Find a spot, man. Be it, as I said, be it somewhere, somewhere for your own, like a study area or it could be like part of a cafe or something. Just find a spot that you can recognize that you can use as a hub. And yeah, things will be so much easier that way. Even if you just, even if you don't make any friends that whole year, even if you don't talk to a single person and all your friends from back home like disappear, your family like run away. And if you're literally on your own, at least you know that you're, you know, you're secure in that spot. So just try and find that. And then everything that I said to my younger self also applies to you as well. <laughs> Um, question six. I was gonna try and keep this under an hour, but it's like we're quickly approaching an hour now, so I'll, I'll speed run through this one. But it's like, was uni worth it, and would you do it again if you could? And what would you do differently? Um. Oh yeah. So I think that yeah, I really got a, <laughs> this spreadsheet is not in the, in its best form. I got to refine it when I come to start season two. But basically, it's like, was uni worth it? Question mark. And then, if you would do it again what would you do differently? Or like, if you wouldn't do it again, why not? So was uni worth it? Obviously I'm still here, so it's hard to, to quantify. But while I'm right here right now, I'd say no, it's probably not worth it. There's a lot of things I got out of it. You know, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of it. But I think in terms of opportunity costs, uh, actually no, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Because obviously knowing what I know now, if I went back in time and started, you know, 18 years old with this knowledge, I wouldn't go to uni because I'd already have what I need to know. But the question is, would I have learned all of this outside of uni or did I have to be here to learn it? And I don't know. Obviously, technically speaking, I don't have to be here to learn it. Like a lot of what I learned is just YouTube videos or like some things I learned from lectures. A lot I learned from like people. Um, just, I'm talking about just general life things, not engineering, but like general life things like how to invest, for example. You can learn that outside of university. But it's like me being here, me having a situation that I was in, me having to grow, go through what I went through is what spurred me to do the research, to do the learning, to, to perceive things the way I do. And I mean, obviously it's a big what if, you know, it's a big what if, but fundamentally, I guess if, if I can guarantee <laughs> that, that I would learn what I learned, that I know what I know without uni, then of course I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's worth it at all. I think the only thing I'd actually got out of uni was the people that I met. And most of my friends are, are, they live in London. Like, there's no guarantee. There's no um, reason to believe that I would never have met them had I not gone to uni. It's very possible that I would have met them. Some of my friends that did go to uni have met friends of my friends, and I've like even bumped into random guys. I bumped into friends from uni in a club in London. I'm like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "Oh, I know X, Y, Z." I'm like, oh, like small world. <laughs> but it's like that's you know you know what I mean. It's like the world isn't that big where you never meet these people. There's only one way to meet these people. So I don't even believe that I never would have met them without uni so I don't think it's worth it I don't think it's worth it entirely um of course I'm still here so I still got three more years left of learning but 
yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tricky one. Obviously, I appreciate being here and I've learned a lot. And as I said, there's no telling if I would have learned what I learned had I not been at uni. So to some degree, yeah, it, it is very, it, it proved worth it for me in my specific case. But what I say is worth it for everyone. What I say is a good choice to do. Like, not, not really. I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't say that. Um, and would I do it again if I couldn't want to do it differently? Obviously, again, I'm still here, so it's hard to answer that. But I would do it again. Like, I, if I could restart, I would. Again, again, going back to the first part of this question, I would. I don't think it's particularly worth it. But I don't think it, I guess I don't think it has been worth it for me. But I think that's because of me and my own experiences. Like there are some people that would take a lot more from uni than, than what I did. And if I could go back, if I actually could go back to being 18 without all the knowledge, like I would absolutely do this. To, I would absolutely do it again, 100%. And I think the problem isn't uni so much as the approach I took coming into it and so much as the perspective I had when I got here. As in, if I could go back with, I guess, some of the knowledge I already have, I would go with the approach that look, I'm gonna meet these people. I would like I, I, I talked about it before as well. I talked about it a bit a little bit, but it's like I never landed here, and I'll go back and just land. I'd be open minded. I come maybe like look from day one, cool. Meet X Y Z. Go to this event. Go to that event. Talk to that girl. Talk to that boy. Uh, get help from that lecturer. Uh, instead of paying the top dollar for the ensuite rooms, I'd be like nah, screw that. I'll, I mean, you know, maybe, okay, on suite maybe, <laughs> but I'd find other ways to cut on my expenses. I start investing earlier, open my lifetime ISA earlier, get credit cards earlier. Like I do things, I would do things better. And I think if I do it better, then it is worth it. Because like, for example, a student bank account, I get two grand overdraft, which is 0% APR. So for four years, I don't pay any money on that. I would have used that in a heartbeat, put that straight into the stock market. That's two bags, instant, done. <laughs> And then student loan would have paid it off. I would have got a job. I would have actually got a job that I wanted to do. Like in my first year, I worked at Domino's as a delivery boy, making like five pounds an hour. If I'm gonna work, I would have just worked in like top shop. I think it's like seven pounds in there. I would have made more money. I would have probably done less hours, <laughs> made more money. Not had to work overnight, so I wouldn't have screwed up my whole first year. I would have had um, you know clothes shop at ten. I could still go out at night instead of doing delivery from like seven until five a.m. I would have actually had Friday nights back, Saturday nights back, Sunday nights back. I would have made probably more money in less hours, if not the same amount of money in less hours. Um, I'm just, uh, now at this point I'm just ranting, but I made a lot of mistakes that were costly in the end and that took a lot of the value away from university. Whereas if I could do it again, obviously I wouldn't have made those mistakes. And in that sense, I think uni would have been way more worth it for me, would have been way more enjoyable. Uh, I probably would have graduated on time, <laughs> like this year. Um, I probably still would have had the podcast. I, like, I really wanted to have a radio show, for example. Um, but I never sat down enough and I never got it done at, back then. Uh, I just didn't know any better. Whereas now I do know better. And again, as I said, if I knew, knowing what I know now, would I, would I go back? Yeah. What would I do differently? I'll just do, I'll do everything and I'll do it right. It's hard to, it's hard to put like, I don't know. It's hard to, to explain that in a better way other than like do it better. That doesn't really, like, what does that mean to do it better? But it's like, to be fair, I talked about this a lot in different YouTube videos, but for example, the job, I used to think, you know what, Domino's would be cool. Um, this is before I appreciated cooking. I'm like, I'm going to order food anyways. I might as well get half price pizzas. Cool. I'll do that. But the idea, you know, the, getting a job at uni in many ways is a means to an end. It's, and you're doing it because you can't afford to, to study, right? You're doing this to get money. So if I knew that, instead of me getting a job and thinking, oh, half price pizza, 
I would have got a job that paid me more for less hours, for better hours, you know, for more favorable hours. Um, and then I would have started cooking. I would have started cooking from day. I wouldn't have bothered ordering food. My whole first year, I just ordered a lot of food. It cost me a lot of money. Instead of doing that, money's, if money's a problem, why are you spending more money than you need to? I would have started buying food from day, cooking from day. Um, shout out to Original Flavor. I've been reading that recently, the cookbook. I made a couple of meals just now. Uh, shout out to, um, oh, damn it, I forgot their names. <laughs> But it's a good book, original flavor. Um, good recipe book. It's about obviously uh, Caribbean um, recipes that my dad never taught me, so it's cool to learn it from from somewhere. But um, but yeah, it's just doing it better. And I guess the main thing, what the, the main thing, if I had to say what would I do differently, if I explained it in one or two words or like a sentence or two, it's like be okay. One, be purposeful. So like do things with the intent of like with, with intent instead of just doing it for no reason. And two understanding what I'm there for, you know, knowing that, okay, I'm here to get a job or if I'm getting a, if I'm, you know, if I'm working part-time, I'm doing that to get money. If I'm going out to the club, I'm doing it to have a good time and making sure that you know exactly what you're doing. And then again, being purposeful with action. So you're doing it for a reason. You're being intentful as opposed to just, as I said, getting a job at Domino's <laughs> just for the half price pizza. Um, which I didn't even really use that much while I was working there, to be fair. I kind of started ordering after I quit <laughs> and that was after I screwed up the whole year. So yeah, just, I guess knowing what you want out of it and then staying on task that whole time while you're trying to get that goal, because anything else is a distraction and anything else, it could be costly, man. I mean, sometimes, you know, if it's like I'm going out for one night, that's fine. You can afford to take a night out. It's cool. But for me, it's like working for three months at Domino's, Saturday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. Cost me my first year. <laughs> and it hasn't really got much better since. I'm not going to blame a whole degree on, on Domino's by no means. Obviously, I could have had every opportunity to right my wrongs, but I can't deny that that was a, you know, that played a part in my first year. And that comes down to, again, it's me not knowing what I wanted and me not taking advantage of the opportunities that I, that I had at the time. So yeah, just being purposeful and knowing what you want and then staying on task as you try and get that thing. Um, yeah, that comfortably uh, answers the six key topics. I think that is actually 10 questions because I put two, like the last one was like three questions in one. But anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think I answered all the questions. Um, obviously, I might do this again in the future when I graduate, when I've got more things to say, when I've got a more interesting uh, take on some of these questions. But as of right now, that is the end of the question and answer part of this pod. Whew. So, <laughs> with all that said, I mean, to be honest, like I realized that I just read, I just sped, you know, speed ran uh, the questions that I have prepared for. I mean, this is this is a good um, way for you guys to understand what I'm going to be asking my guests, you know, moving forward into season two. But I, these are questions that I thought I, I people wanted to ask, people wanted to answer, I guess, things people wanted to know. Um, and it's based on the, the responses I got from most of the clips channel on YouTube or what people said about the episodes that they watched in reference to previous um, 19 or so episodes so yeah i mean obviously when it comes to my guests it's different but with me in this case i'm, I'm obviously going to stick around <laughs> uh hosting the show uh if you do want to know more if you do want to have other questions if you want me to explain like i'm an open book i'm happy to answer any questions with anything in, in any capacity um but if you guys do want to know more if you want to ask me specific questions obviously get at me um the ugsg instagram or twitter is a good place to start um, that's at underscore UGSG1 um, Or you can If this is the YouTube version of this video You can just comment down below 
uh, the clips you comment as well. I think this is only going to be on um, on Anchor on streaming platforms because I didn't I, I forgot to put the camera on. <laughs> so my bad. I don't know. I'll see how things go in the next couple of minutes. But yeah, um, get at me. Um, and whenever I do this again, probably at the end of my degree when I've got more things to share, or at least in my final year if I've done an internship and I've got a grad scheme secured, if if that's the route I decide to take. But um, yeah, ask me some questions. Anything that I can't answer in a DM or on a brief question at the end of or the beginning of a following proceeding, whatever. <laughs> in a later episode, I'll answer um, whenever I do this again. But yeah, as far as Q and A's go, this is that. That's that. That's that. Um, I said I was going to see this video out by talking to you guys briefly on what we've done so far, uh, what we're doing next, and what you can expect from us going forward. So one thing, I guess a good place to start is that obviously we have the social media platforms. I haven't really done a good job so far of sharing that, of promoting that, but we post, I try to post every day. Well, I tried to post every day. I got quite long. So I'm trying to post every three days on Instagram. If not uh, every three days, three times a week is a better way to say it um, on Instagram. Uh, so check that out if you don't already. I think we put a lot of good content out, especially on, I think Twitter is a bit slow. I haven't really been as consistent on there, but Instagram, I've got a lot of good content. So check that out if you, you know, if you haven't checked it out already. Um, otherwise, yeah, socials is is calm. That's what that's where we're at right now. Obviously, this is the end of season one. As I mentioned, I've talked to a bunch of guests, um, some amazing guests, great episodes. Shout out to everyone as well that's been involved so far in making this and, you know, in the journey so far. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me. And I'm happy to see where we go in the future moving forward. Um, but yeah, as I said, I said in the beginning, a thousand or so views. Twenty. This is episode twenty. Well, technically, I think it's twenty-one. I don't know if I included the bonus episode in my count. I think that was put down as episode zero, the relationship bonus special. We're gonna do another special um, about finances, mostly on like investing or I don't know, getting a house, a car, all the things that you know, anything investing, and maybe maybe even a little bit about the financial industry because the guys I'm gonna talk to all work in finance. So we'll talk about that. That's gonna be our next bonus. Um, if you have any specific questions for that, of course, again, DM me <laughs> and then I'll, I'll record that. Uh, I'll write that down for whenever we, we do the bonus one. There's two things that I want to do this year uh, alongside season two of the podcast. Uh, one of them I can't talk about just yet because it's, you know, yeah, that's that's why basically whatever, whatever you thought of the reason why, that's, that's probably the reason why. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is I want to, to be fair, this is always something I wanted to do. I just haven't been able to figure out the best way to do it yet. I think I'm very close to figuring it out right now and we're going to do it soon. And that's a more careers focused, I guess, sub-series with the podcast. Because I know guys want, I like, like I said a lot and people said that a lot as well in the pod. It's like the main reason why you go to uni is to get a job. And the one thing that we haven't actually talked about at length yet is, you know, how do you get a job? How much do these jobs pay? Um, where do you go to apply to these jobs? And, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go into that in more depth. So the plan is to have another a sub-series where I focus specifically on uh, internships, grad schemes, jobs, um, applications, apprenticeships, all of that stuff I want to put into one specific sub-series. So I'll get that started very, very soon. Uh, I'm just it's very close to figuring out the format uh, and then we'll do that when, as and when. So you can expect that from us. You can expect that uh, maybe not 2020 because this whole lockdown, <laughs> second lockdown is a bit a bit long right now. But hopefully in, in 2021, at least in this academic year. And then the other thing, the other series that I got planned, again, I can't talk about just yet, 
I would love to do that. To be fair, I should have done it over the summer. Going back to what I said before about making the most of good time, I should have done it when um, restrictions eased up. But now of new COVID, uh, maybe I can't do it also in 2020. We'll have to see how that one goes. But yeah, both of these things should be coming very, very soon. Um, most definitely. Well, ideally, the plan is for them both to come out um, this academic year. It'll probably be January. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, I don't really know what else to say. In hindsight, I should have put a question out on Instagram, said, let me know what you want me to say in this episode. But it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Um, as always, again, let me know if there's anything, any glaring holes. If there's anything you want to know, DM me. Uh, I think most of the guests are probably cool if you DMing them. So I'm not going to say that on their behalf. If you do have any questions, send it to me and then I'll pass it on to them. But yeah, just know that you can ask questions. Best, you know, the best case, the best thing to do it is to check out the YouTube and then comment them down below in the description, in the comment section, because you obviously can't comment on Spotify. But um, but yeah, that's it. That's all good, man. That's all good. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, season two is coming very, very soon. We've already got a handful of great guests uh, planned to be recorded in the next week. Of course, today is Halloween. I'm going to take a, probably like a two, maybe a three week break, um, just so I can compile and edit everything and get everything looking slick. In time, I'm, I'm excited, man. I think you guys should be too. Um, the first guest is actually someone who, um, you know what? Let me actually get a very, very, very like extremely brief introduction. It's not on this phone of the guy. His name is Varen. The guy's name is Varen, I believe. If I'm pronouncing that right. He is the owner of the Human Entrepreneur uh, Network. I don't, I don't know what they call it. I think it's a network. They've got a podcast as well, which is really, really good. They put a lot of great content. So we're going to talk to him. If you do have any questions about that, obviously let me know. Um, we're going to talk to some of my other friends, um, some engineers, some bankers, some politics students, <laughs> some mathematicians. I'm going to try and get a nice varied mix. Uh, medic also. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give, give away too much just yet. <laughs> You'll have to see when we get the uh, chemi a chemistry, chemistry student on the way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, man. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Again, one final time, let me know down below in the comments or DM me, whatever, if you have any questions, um, anything you got to say. This podcast, you know, UGSG is here to stay. Uh, big things coming, big things in the works, probably 2021, but just believe that <laughs> there are big things on the way. Regardless, um, I hope you're all looking after yourself and um, I'll talk to you guys next time.